hold on to it, or just follow the orders one had and muddle through. But even so, it did not pay to take chances. The intensive training, both physical and mental, which any potential SAS trooper had to undergo, did more than just produce a soldier whose reflexes and abilities were honed to near perfection. It developed a sixth sense, an instinct for trouble. And Piggy Baker had that instinct now. There was something not quite right about the situation. He could feel it in his bones. Pull up, he muttered to Wellaby out of the corner of his mouth. As the jeep stopped, he turned to the second vehicle as it too came to a halt some six yards behind. Behind the wheel, Trooper Mike Mad Dog Marden looked up with a thoughtful smile on his face. Trouble, boss? Piggy shrugged uneasily. I don't know, he admitted, but something smells. Mad Dog grinned. Probably just our passenger. The little bastard's been shitting himself ever since we picked him up. Piggy glanced at the small, bespectacled civilian, sitting stiffly and uncomfortably in the rear of the vehicle. Stripped of its usual spare jerry cans and other equipment, the jeep was just about capable of carrying two passengers on its fold-down dicky seat. Just as he had throughout the journey, the German looked blankly straight ahead, ignoring Trooper Pat O'Neill, who guarded him with his drawn Webley held across his lap. Pat, I need you up at the front, Piggy said. He nodded at the jeep's own pair of Vickers' guns. On the bacon slicer, just in case. O'Neill glanced sideways at his prisoner. And what about Florence Nadingale here? Little bastard might decide to do a runner. Improvise, Piggy told him. Right. O'Neill cast his eyes quickly around the jeep, finding a length of cord used to lash down fuel cans and fashioning it into a makeshift slip noose. Dropping it over the German's neck, he pulled it tight and secured the loose end to the mounting of the spare wheel. Satisfied with his work, he crawled into the passenger seat and primed both the vicars for action. Piggy felt a little easier now, but there was just one last little precaution to take. He reached to the floor of the jeep and hefted up his heavy M1 Thompson submachine gun. Slamming a fresh magazine into place, he slipped off the safety catch and leaned out over the side of the jeep, jamming the weapon into a makeshift holster formed by the elasticated webbing round the spare water cans. The weapon was now concealed on the blind side of the Russian troops and ready for action if it became necessary. There was not much more he could do, Piggy thought. He glanced sideways at Wellaby. Right, take us in, nice and slow. The two jeeps approached the Russian roadblock at a crawl. Despite Winston Churchill's eventual conviction that Stalin was one of the good guys after all, there was still a deep-seated mistrust between the two armies. As Wellaby brought the leading vehicle to a halt, Baker studied the line of twelve Russian soldiers some ten yards in front of him. They stood, stonily, each cradling a PPS-41 submachine gun, equipped with an old Thompson-like circular drum magazine. If it had not been for the uniforms, they would have looked exactly like a bunch of desperados from a Hollywood gangster film. There was something about their stance which made Baker feel even more uneasy. In the heady aftermath of victory, most Allied soldiers had tended to let discipline relax and embrace a general field of camaraderie.
these Russians looked as though they were fresh out of intensive training and ready to ship out to the front line. He stood up in the jeep, scanning the line for any sign of an officer. There was none. "'Who's in charge here? Does anyone speak English?' he asked in a calm, authoritative tone. There was no response. The Russian soldiers continued to stare straight through him, virtually unblinking. Several seconds passed in strained silence. Inside the cab of one of the covered Russian personnel carriers, Tovan Levesky examined the occupants of the two jeeps thoughtfully. He too had been a little confused about their uniforms from a distance. Having been briefed to expect a standard British Army patrol, now at close hand he could see that these were no ordinary British soldiers, clad in dispatch riders' breeches, motorcycle boots,